05 and 06 I deployed to Kuwait I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home I miss my life, miss my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I invested in myself I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this and we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Championship Championship Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. We got Doug Lodmel here from uh, currently out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Doug, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Good to be here, Nate. Absolutely. So I like to ask this question first to start us off. The name of the podcast is Championship Leadership. So when you hear that, what comes to mind for you? What does championship leadership mean to you? Wow. Okay. That's a good one. I see why you didn't prep any of this. You just want really yeah, that's the right. first thing that's coming out. So to me, leadership is about lowering the fear so that those that are following can, can actually do it. So it, it's a definition that I picked up a long time ago. I didn't make it up, but I picked it up and I've used it ever since. So for me, championship leadership would just be you know somebody who excels at reducing that fear for the for the people and and creating that safe environment for everybody to absolutely do their best i love that never heard that before and makes total sense why don't you uh explain that a little bit what like is that a thing do you see that a lot where maybe led through fear and yeah often or well, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, we, we all kind of know the, the path of, of understanding how the human mind works in that finally, there's a lot of research, a lot of self-help books, a lot of, you know, the last 20, 30, 40 years, certainly our lifetime that we've been adults and, and able to the access to understanding what makes a happy life and a successful person. I don't think it's a big mystery anymore. To, to me, it's not. It, and, and so there's two big motivating energies out there and emotions. And it's one is fear and the other is pleasure. I mean, you know, you're just, you're kind of seeking pleasure and avoiding fear. And what I think leaders do is that they don't avoid the things that are make most people afraid, not having a steady paycheck and taking the risk of signing a lease and hiring people and making commitments. They are stepping into that fear and what they learn, what I certainly have learned, what I've seen my thousands of clients uh, expressed to me over the last 25 years is that when they do that, they inherently just get less afraid of, of the unknown. They get less afraid of what's coming next because they keep stepping into it. Being an entrepreneur by nature is stepping into uh, the unknown. And so when they do that, their fear level goes down. And then those people that are around them that see them, 
I mean, it's just energetic. If nothing else, you just see a guy that, or a girl that's confident that that's not afraid when stuff's happening, they're not flustered. They're not put out. And, um, that makes people very, very comfortable. Yeah. And as a leader, that's what you want. And I have seen people lead from fear, you know, um, they get to a certain state and they all of a sudden start to pull back and they start to get afraid. And that's a great way to destroy an organization real quick. Yeah. I was actually thinking even on the, on the flip side of that, like inciting fear in their people to get them. Oh yeah. Stay yeah. Line, right. Yeah. Which is horrible. We all know that's yeah, horrible right. leadership. You know, there's yeah. nothing, there's nothing positive about using fear. Now it's effective. It's effective for a very short period of time. And, yeah. you know, if you had to get something done right now, you know, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, maybe use a little fear to do it. Like, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. grab those life jackets now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. And I love that answer. Why don't we talk a little bit about you for the listeners that are not familiar and maybe share a little bit of your story and the journey uh, that's taking you to where you're at today and what it is that you're up to today. If you're listening and you're not watching this, which a lot of people are listening in, I uh, see so you got some guitars on the wall and you got a, yeah, a yeah. speaker behind you. Maybe uh, share us a little bit about what that's all about for you too. Yeah. So I'm an attorney and I uh, started practicing with my father 25 years ago and I grew up with you know, a father as an attorney, but he was really more of a business person, more of an entrepreneur, did real estate, lots of stuff, not being an attorney. So when I joined him and uh, my brother as well joined us and we, we really started going down this path, um, it was really an adventure in building a business. And so while I'm a ter- an attorney, my path has really been that of an entrepreneur, that of a, of a leader and a counselor. I get clients all the time saying, you know, boy, counselor is the right word for you because that's, yeah. that's really what I find myself doing a lot. Um, and it's a lot around this topic, right? Of kind of, you know, fear and mindset and, and how you can help build the right mindset to, to be successful. So, you know, that's been my path. I've done nothing but focus on one area of the law, which is asset protection, which ironically is all about reducing fear. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, right. So I see in my clients, they come to me with a, a fair amount of fear about what they do and what the risks are. And by creating a structure that actually can take that, that the safety net and put it around their assets and, and give them a, uh, an understanding and a, an assurance that, hey, if the worst possible case happened, you'll be going to be all right. That has, it changes the way they, they live their life and do their business. In my personal life, yeah, I'm a, a little bit of a musician. Uh, I like the guitars. I like the drums. Um, I, I think when I was younger, if I could have gone that path, that might have been something I'd have been interested in. Yeah. I find that the best professionals kind of have a creative side to them yeah. because I think you have to be creative to, to really come up with the unique solutions that it takes to excel and not just be you know normal like everybody else and whatever it is. My biggest hobby is I'm a, a pilot. So, you know, I fly uh, as much as I can. I fly my family to, you know, our our home in Colorado. And thank God I have a family that loves to fly with me. So, you know, and, and, and that's all about risk management, right? You're taking a defined, clear, known risk and you're mitigating it. You're saying, okay, well, here's the things I can do. Again, understanding what those risks are and planning for them is so much more effective than avoiding the risks because of the fear. Mm-hmm. And so, so, you know, I don't know, I guess in my life, that's, that's really the main theme is just stepping into that and, and figuring out nothing's really as scary as, as you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. Uh, a lot of times, almost every time we, the fear and the stories that we kind of create inside of our head are 
very rarely do they seem to, to play out that way. Right. But it, it limits a lot of us. Oh, and, I mean, sometimes in a, in a massive, you know, life altering way, you, yeah. you, know, you, you can't do something that you uh, really mm-hmm. want to do because you just can't get over the fear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about who are some of the, uh, the people, the leaders, the mentors, the coaches that you've had come across your life, impact you. And uh, what is it like? What's what are some of the characteristics that really have stood out about those people and the way that they impacted you? Well, you know, certainly I grew up with parents that were, um, I would say, avant-garde in the sense that, that they were very, very open to knowledge and, and to learning. I think the difference between people that really end up moving in this life, moving from one place to another, really in a, in a certainly in a personal growth way, is their willingness to quit believing what they think, to challenge the beliefs that they think that they have, and to understand that all those beliefs, every single one of them, is not true. They're just not true. And that you end up getting to live in the world that you create by the beliefs that, that you decide to hang on to. And you know who has been most impactful in my life? My God. You know, most of the people I would name are authors, are people that yeah. I've read from philosopher Ken Wilber, who's just a fantastic thinker that has synthesized a, a, basically the history of the world's knowledge into a coherent philosophy that helps you understand how we're growing through these stages of development. To uh, Byron Katie, who wrote Loving What Is, who's just an amazing, it's just an amazing, simple technology that allows you to go, hey, is that true? Is that belief true? Identify what's causing the stress, identify the belief behind it, and then challenge that belief. And and everybody in between. I mean, there's just tons from coaches that I've had and personal growth, you know, all of it. I was waiting for Byron Katie to come up. you know, really? what you were saying just a few seconds ago, I was like, man, that's sounds awful lot like somebody uh, called Byron Katie. And which oh, is yeah. crazy because just yesterday, the guest I had, her name is Casa Grant, also talked about Byron Katie. Really? It's like the first time I think her name has came up because wow. I, I love Byron Katie as well. So I'm very sure. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 That's cool. That's very interesting. Well, if you're listening to this and it's come up twice, that, yeah. that say something to you. There's your sign, <laughs> right? Yeah. Definitely yeah. need to. Yeah. Uh, check into the, the work is uh yeah powerful. definitely helped change my life that's for sure yeah yeah check her out byron katie yeah she still uh puts out a lot of value as well yeah yeah and she's got a bunch of youtube videos you can watch her do the work you can get a sense yeah. of it in the book of course loving what it is um you can listen to it you can read it and, i mean yeah. she's she's phenomenal she and then is. there's been some other teachers that i've had um there's a guy named marshall thurber and he, uh, he's a pretty amazing guy. And his mentors were Buckminster Fuller and Edward Deming. And Deming is the father of quality in this country. And his story is fascinating. If you don't yeah. know uh, Deming's story, you should look it up. Yeah. I mean, three-week seminar that he gave in Japan after World War II is the reason that today Japanese products are still better than American products. That wow. three-week seminar, just three weeks. And he, ex- he explained, and they were listening because they were paying attention at that moment. Yeah. yeah. And um, we didn't listen. We, we, thought, we thought we didn't need that information. So right, he, right. he went to whoever would listen to him, and, and they, they fixed it a long time ago. We're, we're only figuring it out in the last 20 yeah. years. Yeah. And then Buckminster Fuller, uh, if you don't know who he is, I mean, obviously, he's, you know, he, he created the geodesic dome and you know, forecast a molecule that would be discovered, which has since been discovered. And somebody won the Nobel prize for it. An amazing thinker. He's the guy that kind of coined spaceship earth. 
and saying, yeah. you know, how insane is it for us to, you know, it's like being on a cruise ship and a cabin, you know, 70 is fighting <laughs> with cabin 27 and floor 40. You know, I mean, they're, yeah. it's, it's insane. We're on one ship, right? Right. right. <laughs> what yeah. are we doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, but Marshall Thurber was great because he synthesized a lot of that and, and brought a lot of really interesting people together in a seminar. And I mean, to this day, I still think about things I learned in that class all the time that what's going on in front of you you think is the point. And more often than not, what's happening 90 degrees parallel, yeah. just, just in that peripheral vision is what's really important. Oftentimes you just turn and all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's right there. But if we get locked into this is kind of back to these, these strict beliefs and it's got to be this way. And we've got to have these politicians in power and we've got to have these policies and we, man, that's a tough way to live. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Be open. Be open to yeah. uh, open possibilities. Absolutely. Yeah. What's the vision that you have inside of your life? The impact you're looking to make? I think a big part of championship leadership is having a great vision and courage to take action on that vision. Yeah. What is it for you? Maybe even shorter term, five years from now, what's kind of the impact you want to make? Well, I mean, I think that what we're talking about, you got to pick a focus, right? You got to pick an area anybody in marketing will tell you, okay, great. Who's your audience? And if you say everybody, that's impossible to market to. You can't market to everybody. If you say 14-year-old girls in southwestern New Jersey, well, okay, we can probably market to them. We know we can count them, right? There's only so many of those people. So we can be really specific and focused. And what I've learned is that while anybody who's good at anything could have been good on at anything else. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I could have been a great guitarist. I know yeah. I could have been. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not because I didn't put in the hours it takes to yeah. be a great guitarist. So to say, you know, I want to impact the world with my music, you know, that's that's not realistic or possible really. Yeah. To say I want to impact the world with my understanding of law and how to lower that fear using the legal system, as well as integrating in the new technologies that are that are happening. So, you know, what I would say is in the next five years, I'd like to integrate in the new technology, specifically the blockchain technology, yeah. um, into what I do in a way that is, is incredibly impactful mm-hmm. to the entire legal community and certainly to the to people who need need the need the service, need the support, need the product. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, blockchain is uh, is definitely on its way, right? And uh, not going no. anywhere. No, no, it, it's been said, and I personally believe it. With after the amount of information that I have access to, that it is much bigger than the internet. The internet was actually the prelude to blockchain technology. The inter- internet was just a prerequisite. So the way the internet has impacted our lives. Yeah. Now, just imagine that. Imagine, yeah. imagine not going back to no internet and what that yeah. we certainly wouldn't yeah, yeah. be on this call, right? We would, right. we would not have met because we probably wouldn't have been able to sit in a studio together because I'm in Scottsdale and you're yeah. in Minnesota. But today we can't imagine it not being there. Blockchain is the same. And, and if you look at it from, I mentioned Ken Wilbur and his theory of, of integral theory, which means you really get to a point where you're integrating all these other stages of development. One of the hallmarks of that is transparency, and that is what blockchain actually provides is transparency. So while a lot of people are terrified about transparency, it's actually where we're all headed. Yeah. You know, I had a call with a client today, and he's just terrified about 
the lack of transparency, the amount of information the government is seeking to have about all of us and every transaction over $600 in your account, they're going to track and all this stuff. And, and my answer was, it's not going to be stopped. You, you yeah, can't do right. anything about it. And in fact, if you just turn around and say, well, what would happen if I embraced that level of transparency? What if I, what if I had just actually accepted it and said, how would I act? What it does is it, it brings up your own personal bottom of what a standard is that you're willing to accept and yeah. everybody else is willing to accept. Right. And blockchain does that. And I'm not talking specifically about cryptocurrency. I'm talking about right. blockchain technology. Mm -hmm. Cryptocurrency, of course, is just a component of that. And, it, and it's, it's like the oil inside of the blockchain engine. It helps things go. You can't, can't make something work without fuel. Actually, it's yeah. more like the fuel, right? Yeah. They even call it gas charges when they, when they when use the technology. Like, let's say you build something on the Ethereum platform you get charged gas, which is, okay, yeah. you know, yeah. so, so the cryptocurrency is the fuel, but the technology is the blockchain. That's what's so interesting. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Let's switch gears here just a little bit. And sure. I like to ask this question. Um, if you could think of a, a major turning point or a critical moment in your life, kind of that fork in the road, obviously you made the decision that you did, which has you where you are today, but had you not, you could be in a very different place. I think, Especially today, more than ever, there's a lot of people in those moments trying to decide what to do, which way to go. <laughs> a lot of times they know, they kind of feel which way they want to go, but they got other people or other things pulling them a different direction. And there's a lot of power to hear how others like yourself have responded or decided in those moments. So is there one that you could share with us today? Yeah. I mean, oh, I just realized my, uh, my, my microphone was, does that sound different to you? Uh, no, it's not the same. I thought for this answer, I better have the right microphone. on. Yeah, right. I think there's one impactful decision that you got to get right. I tell my kids this. I say, look, if you just get one thing right, just one thing, just this one thing, you're going to be okay. And that's who you decide to spend your life with, who you marry, who, who yeah. you are going to, because that person is your waking and sleeping world. For better or worse, right? Like right. It, whether you like them or not. And I have spent, I mean, tens of thousands of hours on the phone with clients. I have gotten deep into their financial lives and their personal lives so many times. Counselor really is the role I would call most accurate description of what yeah. I do. And I can tell you the relationship people are in defines them, whether it's a good relationship or a bad relationship. In fact, yeah. it particularly defines them if it's a bad relationship. But if your spouse, your partner is not literally your number one fan, then you might want to consider finding someone who is because, and if you're not theirs, then you're missing a massive component of what life is. Yeah. And if you want to talk about how it's enabled me to take the risks I want to take, having a wife in my case that says, Hey, I, I say to her, Hey, I want to take this risk. I want to do this thing that is, could impact us financially. It could impact us, you know, emotionally. There's, there's lots of things it could do. And she says, I got your back. And look, if it doesn't work out and we're under the bridge, then the party will be under the bridge. <laughs> I love and that. I yeah. can't even tell you how that makes me feel when I'm the one that really is kind of responsible to take that risk. Yeah. I'm the one that has to, ultimately come and, and say, you know, am I willing to do that? And so 
I don't know if that fits into your leadership conversation, but to me that there's not a single more important thing that you can possibly um, decision you could possibly make than, than who you're going to spend most of your time with and look to for support. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're going to have kids, well, shit, you better get that one right. Yeah. No, I, I love it. That's an incredible answer. And that's beautiful. And uh, first time we've, we've had someone bring that up and so true. And unfortunately, I don't, a lot of people don't get that right. And uh, so anyway, yeah. Well, Take you know, they're you right because they don't have a model of what it looks like. Yeah. They really don't. Most of us don't. We don't have a good model of what a healthy, super supportive relationship Very looks true. like. Right. We got. We can only change that one at a time, right? We yeah. we we got to do it yeah. and show our kids. And I don't think my kids are gonna. The chance that they are not gonna make that mistake is is better yeah. um, than someone who's raised with a different model. How many kids do you have? Three. How old are they? Twenty-one, uh, fifteen, almost sixteen, and thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's, that is powerful advice. Definitely. They ever ask you, how, how do you know, how do you figure that out? How do you make sure? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's the, tr- the tricky part. So, so my advice to my kids is, you know, I know you don't know what having a massive injection of the most powerful drug in the world into your directly into your veins feels like, but when you first fall in love, you, you'll figure it out. Just know that that is not permanent. You got to survive that before you can make these decisions. And let me just tell you, if you can fall in love with anybody, it's, I just believe, I know you can fall in love with anybody. Mm -hmm. So figure out who it is that you want to have as a partner and then fall in love with them. Don't fall in love with the randomness and then say, oh, I'm going to make that person. And this is a mistake. I think women make this mistake more than men. They, they fall in love with a man that's yeah. not what they want. And then they try to change him and then they um, can fix him. They can change. We him, can man. fix him, man. We're going <laughs> to yeah. fix this guy. He's so close. Yeah, well, he's maybe yep. not even close at all, but yeah, I, yeah. I can see where he could be. You're right. It, yeah. it, he's not going to change. And if he does, you know, he's, he's going to show you that well before you get married, yep. you're going to see that change and you'll, you'll have seen the pattern in his life. So the answer is get through enough of your own growth so that you can look back and, and judge it and then make sure that as you choose a partner that you're, that you're seeing that they're also growing, that there's a yeah. path, that they're not just statically sitting there, you know, waiting for the world to uh, solve their problems or hit them or start living when this happens or when that happens. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. We start to wrap this up. Like, I think you just gave us an incredible piece of advice, but you know, if there are one or two things, kind of principles to live by, or uh, if someone were to implement today, it would help move their life forward today. What would that be? Well, it's pretty simple. I got it written on my kitchen wall for my kids and for myself, for my family. Um, I, these are just beliefs, principles, tenets, whatever you want to call them. Um, they're not true. Not uh, They're just beliefs. So my definition of, of a belief is something you choose to believe and whether you want to keep it or not, it's just a function of what is the result of that belief having in your life. In other words, is it functional or is it non-functional? So if I have a belief that the world's out to get me, then I'm going to live in a very scary world that's out to get me. And so is that the world I want to live in? No. So the belief that I choose to teach to my family and live by myself is that all things work to perfection. Mm-hmm. Just 
everything, whether yeah. it's a, a parking ticket or a car accident or, you know, the biggest client you've ever gotten in your life dropping on your desk, you know, doesn't matter whether it's good or whether it's bad. It's all working to your perfection. Yeah. And, you know, you don't really need that belief too much when things are good, but that belief comes in incredibly handy when things aren't going so good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and right. it's rough, you know? So all things work to perfection would be the single thing that I think has been most impactful to my life. And um, I feel in good company, you know, Einstein, who was a mystic and, and an incredibly evolved human in many ways, said there's really only one question that you have to ask yourself. And that's, do I live in a friendly universe? So to me, it's the same belief, right? Yeah, right. Things working for me. Am I living in a friendly universe or do I live in an unfriendly universe? And I can... I can talk to somebody for, for two minutes. I know what universe they live in. The other thing I would say is, hey, hey, if you're hanging around people living in an unfriendly universe and that's no longer the universe you want to be living in, <laughs> get away from them. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Drop your friends, drop your partners, drop everybody and find the people that have the belief that, that supports the direction you're going. Because peer pressure matters. Uh, what you feed your mind matters. And if you don't surround yourself with those people, you can forget about it. Yeah, like you say, if you're in that unfriendly universe, everything that you do and everything uh, around you, you're going to find to line up with that, right? Because that's what's true for you. So you got to prove that right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we the amount of information that we take in, we only process a fraction of it. And this is actually from Marshall Thurber's conference. I mean, when I say a fraction, I mean, you know, a thousandth of a percent of the amount of information that we actually can perceive. We, yeah. we actually comes to our consciousness. So we yeah. just filter out what we don't want to hear. We don't, we don't <laughs> yeah. even hear it. Right. We just don't hear it. Yeah. You can't, you know, that you ever talk to somebody and you realize they're not hearing, they, there are no, no way in hell they're ever going to hear your perspective. It's just not possible. So it is amazing. Yeah. And it can be very frustrating sometimes too, for, especially if it's something that you really believe in and are passionate about. Right. Well, yeah, well, that, that's the problem, right? You, you know, yeah. Check your own passions, you know, why yeah. you're passionate about yeah. it. Yeah. Why does it really matter that much? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's an incredible conversation. Yeah, definitely. Uh, which I think uh, also. So I'll also go check out Byron Katie. I think that's a big piece to what we're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, who was? What was the name of uh, the individual from back in uh, the end of yeah. World War II? You said that Deming. 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 Yeah. So there's a book called The Essential Deming. It's kind of a summary because he he somebody put it together. He's he's written a lot, but not it's not a modern day like book that. But yeah. This is probably the best compilation of all his yeah. work. Deming. Yeah, Deming. I, you could, uh, God, we could talk about that for another hour. I mean, there's, okay. yeah, there's absolutely. So much stuff to talk about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, very good. Well, I know you don't have another hour, so uh, I appreciate you being here. What What are a few ways that the listeners can continue to maybe uh, stay in touch with you, stay in contact with you, and what, what you're up to? Yeah, so uh, like I said, my impact in the world is really around personally protecting people with their assets. And so if, if you have, if you find yourself in a position where you are ever kind of wondering, Hey, did I, have I done what I need to do to, to make sure that I'm not risking everything that I've created, you know, yeah. especially if you're an entrepreneur and you have employees and you have, you know, you have risk, you have customers. I think there's a sense that a lot of people have that, I, that I'm taking a risk and I don't really haven't really defined the risk. And I don't know if I've really taken steps to mitigate it. That's what I do. So I'm, anybody's welcome to call me. You can go to my website, which is just lodmel.com. My last name, lodmel. And or email me, doug at lodmel.com. And uh, there's, there's lots of information and videos on there. And so 
happy to talk to you. Very good. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Doug. This has uh, been a really fun conversation, so I appreciate you taking the time today. Yeah, I agree, Nate. Thanks. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer, we can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it, I probably already did it Consider it Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, babe.